Hey there, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we endeavor to bring you the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics, and we have certainly had some pretty exciting athletics since the last time we gathered here for the podcast, and we'll go through all that today. Got, of course, a lot of stuff about basketball. It's that time of year. Softball playing some good things, and lacrosse has been active and competitive against the top five in the nation. So we'll go through all that in a little bit, talk a little bit. Uh, we do have a, a full house in here today. All five of the writers in here with us. Of course, you knew Daryl was going to be in because she's the queen of the brackets right now. So <laughs> obviously, she's expecting to be paid for her appearance, too. I don't know what's taken with her over lately here, but you know, anyway. But we got Case, we got Jeff, we got Jared, and of course me, Polly. So we should have a fun broadcast today and cover some great things as we like to do at the start of the broadcast. We'll kind of catch up with everybody, see what's going on. Now let's go ahead and start this out with the queen of the brackets, Daryl. Uh, what, what type of picks or what type of information can you give novice bracket participants, Daryl? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I love doing brackets, um, but... We, uh, the, you know, those commercials they have on how people make their picks and yeah. they had a conversation with an Irish person 10 days ago. So the Irish must move on. <laughs> That's how I, I guess I kind of picked them with uh, Mississippi State, obviously cheering for Coach Purcell and hoping to see him face Notre Dame and see how they pan out against the Irish since we played them a couple times this year. So that was my big, um, I was happy about that one. You know, uh, I hadn't even thought of the Purcell and Purcell angle. But it seems to be <laughs> working, right? That's great. I, I joked about that all the time. I'm quite up there. Clever. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty good. I wonder if we could ever get a Walls in the Walls arena. <laughs> Googling now, is there a Walls arena? Is there a Walls arena? And is it in Jeff's backyard? No. <laughs> so, real good case. Did the article this morning. It's been having a busy week, I'm sure. What's going on, bud? Yeah, it's uh, been pretty relaxed this week, actually. I decided to take yesterday off, not just because it was St. Patrick's Day, but because in the corporate world, there's a very long time between New Year's and Memorial Day. So I was like, you know what, let's find a holiday in between, you know, right in the middle and and make it an observed holiday and just take a PTO. So planned to do that for the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, and it just happened to be on St. Patrick's Day. So it was nice. And uh, March Madness. Yeah, it, exactly. Right. There's a certainly, certainly no ulterior motives there, but uh, <laughs> it, it was nice to to get that day off and have a little bit of relaxed time. And I was I was gonna joke. I was still on mute, but uh, we'll we'll get the Walls Arena whenever they decide to build something that are in the semi lot next to Lynn Stadium. <laughs> I actually just googled Walls Arena and uh, Walls Human Performance Complex at. Concordia University, Nebraska came up. In Nebraska? I know. I was like, is that something he might be familiar with? Walls was an assistant coach at Nebraska years ago. I know. We got to do some more digging on this. I wonder if he just decided to build this thing and then, oh, another job? Sure. Hey, have fun with what I built here. We'll see you guys later. Hmm, that would be <laughs> this looks like a high school gym. <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> this is, uh, this is, we'll this get down to the bottom to it by, uh, by the uh, uh, end of this show. This is there like Bellerman, like, slide-out bleachers. Vail uh, High School. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's Concur- Concordia University of Nebraska, so what really can you ask? A, that's a big Lutheran school up there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I thought because there is a Governor Walls, although I can't remember what state he's in, uh, Minnesota, maybe. Uh, I think I it's recall. Wisconsin, actually. Wisconsin, maybe. I think. I can't recall. It's Minnesota. Is it Minnesota? Tim Walls. Tim Walls, Minnesota? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I figured it might some somebody up there might have named something after the governor, Walls Arena or Walls Gymnasium or something, but maybe he's not popular. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Minnesotans, get to work. Represent your governor and our basketball coach. Build something <laughs> for them. Oh, well, also, oh, wow. The the arena there, sorry to cut you off, Paul. The no, no, arena we used to be called Walls Arena in the Walls Complex. 
uh, but it is now Friedrich Arena. It was changed in 2020. Hmm. Now who is Friedrich? Uh, Are they better than Walls? Dr. Brian, <laughs> Dr. Reverend Dr. Brian Friedrich uh, served as the university president from 2004 to 2019. Who's that? That's all? That, Who's that, was, that? That's all. He was just the university president for 15 years. Yeah, so what? Yes. I know four or five of them every day I see them, right? Boo. It doesn't take much to doesn't take much to get something named after you there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're star for entertainment. You know, give them some he did what? Yeah, names that after him. Walls isn't here anymore. Go ahead. Also, uh moving on, we got the Jared in the house today. Jared froze last night and was brought back to life in the seventh inning of the softball game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's got a fun report on that. Uh, it was a little cold out there, huh, Champ? Yeah, <clears throat> I guess they forgot to turn the heat on outside or something because it was certainly the weather was unforgiving with how cold it was. And once you played into the past the sunset, it certainly didn't get any better. And I'm like, oh, we should have just started at 29 degrees earlier in the day where we at least had some sunshine. Hey, but it's always a little bit warmer when you win. Maybe just one degree warmer, but it's warmer when you win. I think it's interesting with that 30-degree turf temperature, yay or nay kind of deal. I mean, does it really – does turf actually freeze up below 30? Well, softball has grass and dirt, so yeah. turf's not – it's the player safety concern, which is an ACC decision. I see. But is that just like a hard – is that a hard surface concern, I guess? If no, I think field temperature is 30? I think it's just a legit player safety. They don't want them out in the cold. So meanwhile, they're just standing in the dugouts instead, waiting on the game to start. Which the, the air temperature was over. Yeah, 30. but that, that's that's ridiculous. You, I mean, you it could be get a little and, right up, you could get a wind the, of fifteen twenty miles an hour, and it's gonna feel like it's zero out there. It right, which the wind chill is rough. But I didn't understand the start of the game has to be at least thirty degrees or above. But it doesn't matter what happens during the game or the end of the game. I'm like, well, then what was the point of? Playing in twenty degree weather at the end of the day, I mean, we should have just started earlier. I think once again that four letter word NCAA rears its ugly head again. I actually think this one is an ACC decision, oh. if I remember correctly. Okay, all right. oh, that, that's so much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's not a lot of difference there. It's like, do I want to know what's in hand A or hand B? Ooh, uh, Jeff in the house with us as well. Just been hanging out doing some stuff this week, and he is proud of the fact that he picked Mississippi State in the brackets, and has been telling everybody he can get his hands on that he did so, and yeah. uh, very very happy about that. He went with the Purcell and Purcell angle and did well with it. But did yeah, you know I, I picked uh, I picked both Mississippi State and Princeton, so I'm really proud of nice. picking those two upsets. So, uh, well, hey, I'm still two behind you, Daryl. So, but you know. Uh, the upsets always feel better. I do, right? Yeah, they do. Because you uh, know they're going to happen. It's just which ones. Which ones, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I picked a couple others that didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I thought they were pretty good picks. Uh, I think Mississippi State has been underappreciated this year in general. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, I thought Creighton has always been a little overappreciated. So I thought that was a good one to pick and i'm pretty proud of it and you know sam purcell such a great guy i was still going to support him and you know for sure and then he paid off for you yep yep so i did i did see the princeton angle because i would hate to be an opposing coach trying to prepare for princeton tricky get ready yeah you know so and then nc state's a team that just likes to play up and down let's run and see who's the fastest and who wears that first we right. think we're going to win this game that way. Princeton plays the exact opposite kind of basketball. It's three passes. Think about a shot. No, let's throw it around four more passes. Oh, is that? No, let's not throw it to her. Let's go back around the circle. Oh, look who's open. Let's throw it to her basket. Very, very patient team. Yeah. They go to the boards. They crash the boards after shots. Well, I'm sure there's a wealth of coaches out there who would love to get their teams to be able to do that. Yeah. But anyway. As it goes, uh, as for me, uh, an interesting week. I've uh, been kind of busy with some things going on uh, medical-wise, health-wise. Uh, spending 12 hours in a medical facility is never my idea of a great time. But unfortunately, I had to do that uh, the other day and uh, just uh, had the mask on the whole time, too. And I, you know, come on. 
that's just not me anymore. I can't do that. But uh, things are moving along, moving smooth. Uh, obviously, been uh, spending some very, very late nights going over brackets here in our in our bracket contest. And Jared and I will be talking with you all about that a little bit later on today in the broadcast. But uh, suffice to say, Daryl is being chased by seven people, and two of them are women. Uh oh. <laughs> all right. Girl power. <laughs> that is right. Look at and then you know, uh, thank goodness at least Thomas is in there, so you got a little protection, you know, because you got Jared looming up on you here, and he's dangerous as I'll get out. And then uh, Curtis Franklin, who will just talk you right out of your shoes, girl, he is smooth. But, uh, good luck hanging there, Daryl. May the force be with you as you go on into day two of activities. More importantly, Paul, it is U of L game day. It is indeed, and that's what that's one of the things we'll get into later on. Is the cars will be jumping in there today to take on the Drake. That's right, and everybody loves the Drake, right? <laughs> it's an old Seinfeld reference, but anyway, uh, <laughs> playing the Drake, taking on the Drake in Austin, Texas. Uh, I've never been to Austin, Texas. I've been to a couple places in Texas. But they tell me it's a real nice arena. So hopefully we'll go down there and play real nice in this nice arena and get a win so we can face the winner of the Texas game. Uh, but then let's go ahead and take it in a little different direction to start it out this morning. Uh, we did have softball last night. As mentioned to you all earlier, it was very cold softball, but we did play softball. And the cards uh, did very, very well in their softball pursuits. Jared was out there. We had Jeff watching it, uh, uh, most of it on the ACC index. Uh, guys, we took a doubleheader, 12-2, to two, and then uh, a 5-4 to four in the nightcap. Jared, uh, that had to be exciting. Yeah, I was enjoying more of the first game due to us winning big and it still being sunny, so there was some warmth. But, hey, <laughs> a, a walk-off is always a good feeling, too. Uh, you don't need fingers, do you, Jared? I don't need fingers or toes or face or anything like that. You've trained your camera where it can just, it knows when to take the picture. Exactly, right? Coincidentally, though, like five minutes after softball had a walk-off base hit win, baseball did the same thing. It was funny because both of them had two outs runners on first and second base hit to win. I was like, hey, well, that's a pretty good day for the teams on the diamond. But, yeah, softball, not too many people left by the end of the walk-off. But those that were there were still ready to celebrate and jump around to get the blood flow going to warm up. Were they both unearned? Uh, the one in baseball was earned. It was a hit to the outfield. The one in softball, I believe there was an error involved. During it looked the... like they were going for the force at second base and didn't get the ball there in time. Yeah, that, that's what happened is when they went for the force at second and everybody's attention was turned to there, Holly Apple's like, uh, Daisy has go home. Well, yeah, yeah the, it the, wasn't even the, close getting the, the unearned comes from the fact that it was two outs and then they committed an error. So anything after that's yep. unearned because they should have been out of the inning and they weren't. That's uh, a little more aggressive base running this year with softball, I've noticed, so, uh, but smart aggressive, and I think it's working. You got some speed on the team, too, and that's a good thing to have for sure. Uh, but the, in that in, in temperate weather, the Cards really got the bats out in that first game. 12 hits, 12 runs, extra bases, home runs, Hannah Files, Daisy Hiss, Taylor Roby. This was a slaughter, Jeff. Did you do, did you watch any of this? Yeah, I caught uh, kind of the tail end of it. Uh, the, the, I watched most of the second game, but uh, caught a good chunk of the first. Uh, missed one of the home runs of the three uh, that we had. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was an offensive clinic they put on. Uh, they um, were just, most of it was small ball, a few home runs, but uh, most of it was small ball and did what uh, I think Holly April set out to do this year of, you know, they, they call it pass the bat, right? Next person up, you know, pass the bat on a little further. So um, they did a great job with it. Um, really impressed with um some of the new players, Paige Garrity is amazing out in left field now. I think, uh, you know, Jared was saying she took a little bit of time to settle in out there, but uh, uh, she's done really well. Um, yeah, Daisy Hess is amazing. <laughs> so that's awesome. 
Yeah. And, you know, the, the returnees that were injured last year, it's so good to have them all back. Always a good thing to have. Uh, Case, we got a pitcher's got seven wins on the staff, and her last name isn't Roby. <laughs> yeah, it's man. Alyssa Zabala. The freshman is coming here from Miami and basically been a very pleasant surprise for the staff. Yeah, if she had uh, if she had gone today, if if softball was playing their game today instead of tomorrow, um, she could be in line to potentially get three wins in two days, which would be um, a little unheard of for for Louisville softball anyway. Um, not traditionally a team that has uh, one pitcher uh, be the ace for every single game. And tough luck for uh, Taylor Roby yesterday, who um, maybe should have gotten the win in the second game. Um, probably should have gotten pulled before that sixth inning after taking a shot off the hand. Uh, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, And Louisville still comes out with the win. Zabala's been amazing. Uh, we talked about some freshman issues that she had a little bit last week. Um, but those are going to those are gonna happen. Um, in this one, in the first game yesterday, uh, first three innings, she allowed two base runners. One was a hit by pitch, one was a walk. Um, so no hits for Pittsburgh in those first three innings. Uh, fourth inning, they finally get a hit and get a run, and then uh, Sam Boo comes in for the fifth just to rest Zabala, which turned out to be a good idea since she came in to pick up the win in the uh, second game by closing out that seventh inning. So, uh, yeah, Zabala's been fantastic. <laughs> and, and just a quick update, if you've read Case's article, just to kind of let you know that the the cards will not be back in action this afternoon. Uh, that will actually be moved to Sunday, from what I understand. Correct, sir? Yes, that's right. Uh, if you haven't read the article yet and you are reading it for the first time, uh, you'll see that update. But if if you haven't looked back on there yet, they've gone ahead and axed t- today's game since it is still quite cold. Uh, and they're going to play at 2 p.m. tomorrow, which I think was the originally scheduled time. Um, and that one will be on ACC Network Extra. I just uh, did my refresh and saw your massive line through what you put in there. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I, it took me a while to find the strike through, but I was like, look, I had this nice thing written out, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm keeping it. It's just going to be it. <laughs> it's, it's either I'm going to erase it or I'm just going to draw a line through it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I guess if uh, Sunday ends up being too cold, they can always push it back to Monday as well because Pitt did bust and not fly, so they've got a little more leeway to work with. There you go. Not if they plan on going back to classes. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, they, they aren't North Carolina, so I guess they do have to go to class. <laughs> no. they, may have a, they may have a game on Tuesday, too. They probably don't want to play Ooh. Monday, drive back, and then have a game. That was a little brutal there. <laughs> <laughs> we went there. Well, Jared went there. Sometimes you just I support out there. <laughs> I fully support what Jared said, but... <laughs> cards obviously uh, playing some good ball right now uh this team appears to be a team that, that's, that's playing small ball a little better than last year's team uh the thing that i've noticed the most about them jeff and, and you can comment and everybody can kind of jump in on this one too is the pitching staff seems to be a lot more solid than last year and that's a good thing to have. It is. I mean, it's an actual pitching staff this year as opposed to Taylor Roby plus a couple other players that do fairly well. Now, two of those players are back, and they're doing even better. They have improved in the off time. But, you know, the additional uh, players that have been added into that staff with the freshman Zavala, uh, and, and God, I remember them all now, um, uh, are have – shown themselves to be quite capable of coming in and carrying on a game and not really resting most of the weight on Roby. It's made a big difference in, I think, the spirit uh, and the uh, morale of, of the pitching staff and even the, the, the team as a whole. Jared, you've okay. seen a lot of... Oh, go ahead, Daryl. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say exactly what um, Jeff just said. When you think of the pitching staff from last year, it was Taylor Roby. <laughs> And now she actually has some support and she can um, focus, not focus, not shift her focus, but she's still a, a great offensive player as well. She can not feel so worn out by game three in a conference series, which she never alluded to that was an issue, but it, a lot did ride on her shoulders last season. 
Yeah, and it's not just physical. A lot of it's mental, too. Very much. Yeah, yeah softball can be a very mental game for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, a bit of a scare out there maybe last night, Jared. Uh, Taylor Roby took one right back at her in the circle. Uh, got her on the hand a little bit. Uh, hopefully, uh, she's going to be okay. Uh, I know there had to be a little delay out there for sure, right? Yeah, uh, her glove took the bulk of the hit, which was good. Uh, and the glove pretty much protected her face, but she was wearing one of the masks. Uh, those are encouraged, but still not required. Uh, but a couple of little safety precautions there, I think, really helped prevent a more serious injury than it was. But still, when you're looking at 30 degrees and below, uh, a hit like that's going to sting no matter what. It wasn't on her throwing hand, so she seemed like she's still okay to throw. And she, her, uh, her glove expertise and needs aren't really that high when you're a pitcher as opposed to if you're a fielder where you're expected to have a pretty solid glove so yeah she stayed out there for a while and she seemed like she was throwing fine quick uh, small delay to check her out let the training staff look at her she threw a couple extra pitches just to make sure she felt all right went back in the circle no problem went back up to the plate no problem i mean it's co- it was cold you get that extra sting from when you get hurt oh yeah, yeah right so yeah, I, I got to think that was part of it. I think I got to think it was it was just just hurt, but it's not like injured, but it just hurt for a little bit and give her a little time, let it wear off. It's sometimes like when that, you bang your shin, you know, you you hurt for a couple of minutes and it goes away. I think part of that would be the psychological impact too. Uh, like yeah. you you take a big shot like that and it's kind of like yeah, let's go ahead and get you out of the circle because I mean she didn't miss any bats in that next inning, and it, you got to think that. At least a little bit when, when the Pittsburgh batters are are finding the ball, you're like, okay, can you not hit it right back at me again? Um, <laughs> not to say that that is the case, but it certainly would be going through my mind if I was coaching staff. Be like, maybe we should, you know, get somebody warming up to to get them out there. But all in all, it didn't matter just because they still got the win. The Cards, of course, won the first game, twelve two, five inning run rural. Big on that. The second game, they uh, played a little bit of classic Holly April small ball to take this thing five to four. As uh, they actually had a four one lead, am I right on that? And then Pitt uh, tied it up at four four. It was yeah. actually a uh, four nothing. Louisville had a four nothing into the going into the fifth, and then Pitt had a four run sixth inning. Gotcha. Four run sixth inning. Okay. Yeah, but uh, the cards came up and played the like I said classic. Uh, Holly small ball. They got up there a little bit. Uh, Daisy Hiss started the game at or the, the inning out with a single. Uh, Vanessa Miller got on with a fielding error, keep the inning alive. Uh, the error proved very costly, though. Uh, the Eastern Lotus, I, I guess you could call it a single up the middle. It, it looked to be a pretty good hit. They tried for the force out at second base and didn't get it. And so. Meanwhile, Daisy Hess is standing there on third base, and uh, Holly April says, go, go, go. Daisy ran home to score the run. Yeah. Well, and, and it's actually worse than that. I actually got uh, the, the runner coming from first to second. The counter kind of been a pickle, uh, not pickle Winkler, but just, you know, the, the softball pickle, right? Uh, and so they were throwing the ball back, had all of their attention on that, on her, while Daisy kind of scampered in from home, we caught him a little bit by surprise. I think they did try the throw to home, but uh, didn't get there in time. And, it's, and it's, that's what you have to do. Like yeah. it, you have to be aggressive on the bases. You have yeah. to have uh, that aggressiveness to win these games, especially in in conference play. Is it's big? It's huge. And I feel like we're finally in this um, Holly. We're we're seeing Holly April's impact on the program and we're seeing her teams and what she's built Louisville softball to be so I think that when she was on second base she knew she was going home if she had the chance and that's what you need to do you got to be aggressive and win ball games and certainly paid off well for the cards as they did it we'll see if they're able to get anything going on Sunday or not hopefully it'll warm up enough they're going to play uh, a nice day off warm today as I'm sure they're all gathered around the thermal heaters Trying to unthaw this morning. Uh, we did have a 
lacrosse contest on Thursday. And what a contest it was as number one in the ACC, number one in the nation. North Carolina came to town to take on Louisville lacrosse out at the lacrosse stadium on campus. Uh, the cards gave them all they could in the first half, hung in there pretty well with them. But in the second half of the, I think the depth, the experience, and the talent of North Carolina kind of rose to the top. And they took the contest 20 to 7. Uh, and that's the second top five team Louisville was played back to back. They they played Boston College and were in that one for a long time up at BC before BC won. And now losing to. Uh, Scott Teeter certainly getting a trial by fire early in the season here, isn't he, gang? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's the uh, he's got a tough schedule all around. I mean, ACC play is just difficult, and on top of that, he's like, you know what? Let's schedule a, a fairly difficult non-conference schedule too. And I think the mindset behind that is the only way to get better is to play great opponents. And I think we've started to see over the last few years the team has progressed some and. Defensively, they've stepped up and had some really bright spots. And offensively, there's always been some big-time offensive threats to lean towards. I think they're still just not completely over the hump where you've got a lot of these just well-versed, experienced programs such as Boston College, North Carolina, all of these that just year after year have been so great. And trying to play catch-up to them is difficult. But, you know, we're starting to see some, uh, some progression there, especially with the first half play. And uh, we, we've always known that Nicole Peroni was a good and decent lacrosse attacker, but she's certainly showing it this year. Had three goals, as well as did Anna Morris against North Carolina, but unfortunately just not enough to go there. Uh, you know, hey, they came out, uh, they did what they had to do. They took care of business on the cards. Uh, and, you know, they, you can't pick a weak spot on the field for them. They've got all Americans. They've got all states at every position. It seems like so. Uh, uh, you know, obviously the season doesn't end with that. The cards go on. They're going to step out of conference. They go up to Marquette after that one, and I think it's probably one that the cards could go up there. And, uh, case I think they're going to do pretty good up in Marquette because Marquette doesn't nearly have the talent that Louisville has seen in the last two games. Yeah, I mean, despite the result in, in both of the last two games, Louisville has played very well this season. Um, we've seen some recent seasons where they've, you know, kind of muddled against lower tier teams in the ACC, and then they get blown out by the top tier teams, and you're like, well, re really, how good is this team at all? But Louisville has looked quite competitive in the games not uh, against these last two teams. Um, and even in these last two games... Um, you know, they held a lead over Boston College for quite some time. They were tied at halftime um, against UNC. It was, you know, relatively close for a while before UNC went on a really big run. Uh, Louisville has looked a lot more competitive in those games. Uh, and they're just, you know, all credit to Scott Teeter and the, the roster he's trying to build. They're just not as good as those teams. It, 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 you can't really beat around the bush. They're not there yet. Uh, and they have a chance to get there um, over time. We'll see. But they've been showing a lot of fight in those games. And, yeah, against Marquette, who hasn't looked quite as uh, uh, scary, <laughs> I guess, this season. Uh, Louisville, Louisville should be able to get back on track, hopefully. Um, don't let these big losses derail their season uh, and get back out there and and see what they can do. Uh to, like I said, get back on track and, and get ready for more conference play and uh, really start to, or continue to, I should say, turn the corner like we've been uh, hoping for and, and seeing signs of this year. And then another kind of sidebar for lacrosse here are the Nakazawa sisters. Uh, no matter who the cards are playing, it's always a focal point of the opposing teams play-by-play -play and also color analysts to mention at great length about the two Japanese players that the cards have on their roster. Uh, but, hey, you know what? They play fundamental lacrosse, Daryl, and uh, they, they could be from Greece. I wouldn't care, you know. They're good. If they're from Japan, so be it. doesn't mean they can't sling a lacrosse ball 
Right. Doesn't matter where you come from. I know I can't do it. And I'm, well, actually, I did try in high school for a minute. It is a fun sport. And anybody that does, where it does click for them, I am impressed. I think uh, the lacrosse that I ever came playing lacrosse was at and was, was with Jeff McAdams in the backyard of the old radio station we used to be at. Ah, he, he had yeah. bought a uh, toy lacrosse kit. Was that for your cousin or? Uh, I think you just have it in the family. Play with oh, nephew, okay. niece and nephews. Yeah. Gotcha. And he and I tried it out in the backyard at WCHQ throwing against the barn. <laughs> Which is I what couldn't tell call. if you were joking, Paul. No, it's what they call their garage, <laughs> the barn. We used to park back there. Jeff brought it in. I said, let's play some lacrosse. We both took turns being goalkeeper. And if I remember correctly, Jeff kicked my butt. You know, he had it stayed down. I, I, I had had a little bit of practice. So. Yeah, and then I'm trying to throw the thing, and I'm throwing it up on the roof of the garage. He yeah. practiced the whole night before. Oh, he did. You know, he was up and down the streets of Frankfurt Avenue challenging people to take him on in lacrosse so he could prepare for me. Now, I know his game. But, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, lacrosse you know, is a team that's getting better each year. Uh, and they certainly got one of the best coaches and staffs in the business. I think you give them a little time. One of the things that we've noticed and mentioned, Jared, about the lacrosse season is that not everything that they play is straight conference only. They mix in the non-conference with the the conference games, and I think that's kind of good for a team and its morale sometimes too. Yeah, especially when you are in the ACC, as we've talked about a couple times now, just getting out of conference play and playing somebody who's maybe not top twenty-five, and you've got a, just a better matchup against. And if you can go through and you know beat the daylights out of somebody there mid-season, as you mentioned, that morale boost can be a, a major factor, especially. As maybe we've seen against North Carolina and Boston College, I think it helped, you know, spark a little life there for a while. And I know down the stretch in both of those matches, uh, kind of, they've kind of pulled away from us. But it just, I think it showed the attitude was a little different out there on the, the field, at least for the first half or first three quarters. So it's, it's nice to do that and split it up. Get a little better each day and it'll be better for you in the end, that's for sure. Uh, but I think the, the the big focal point today and the thing we should be talking about maybe a little bit more is basketball. That's right. It's the NCAA tournament for both the men and the women. We, of course, cover the women here. Uh, I noticed a couple of the upsets on the men's side, and I'm like, holy cow, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> fill, fill out a bracket for that. Hello, but, Fairleigh uh, Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, wow. Where did you guys come from? And you're going to do what to who? Ooh. Yeah. I think Sorry. Purdue overlooked them. I, th- I, I think Fairleigh Dickinson just became best friends with UMBC from a few years ago. Yeah, I think that that's just you know the, that's an evergreen statement about a, a one seed that loses to a sixteen seed, Daryl. Yeah, they just overlooked them. Well, I mean, they, I mean, if you watched it and looked at this uh, at Purdue, the way their demeanor, they just looked like they were lost yeah. and, and upset, which they should have been. But there was just no energy. And uh, what does what does the Purdue head coach say to the <laughs> athletic director after something mm. like that? Hmm, uh, I don't know what happened, uh, sir, uh, but we'll figure it out. No, you won't. Your season's done. Go home. <laughs> you know? That's the I'll update my resume, sir. <laughs> Is that that mighty Big Ten they talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the Big Ten, Indiana, da, 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 Purdue losing to Fairleigh Dickinson. That's who we're talking about. But on our side of the bracket, the women's side of the bracket here, the cards will face the Drake today at 3.30 on a very, very interesting opponent for Louisville. In case you wrote a little bit about this team, Jared, you've, you all studied the team a little bit. Drake's not exactly one of those teams that's going to try to run you up and down the court, are they? No, but as we just talked about, you can't overlook anybody. So <laughs> let's... <laughs> Make sure we do plenty of uh, game plan, and as, as uh, the coaching staff should be doing, lots of film work. I know there's been a few, uh, I guess what you could call experts out there that say Drake could pull off the upset. Ideally, not, but yeah, they're uh, they're a pretty decent team. One I think that's flown under the radar quite a bit this year, actually, and 
uh, pulled off quite a few wins that maybe they shouldn't have. And I think they're going to make it a little bit closer of a game than we're going to feel comfortable with today. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to overlook a team that scores 80 points per game, took Iowa to overtime, beat Nebraska, lost to Creighton on the road by six or whatever it was. Like, um, outside of three games where they scored less than 63 points, which are the only three games that they've had this season uh, where they've done that, uh, all losses and all in a two-week span. So definitely a, more of an aberration than anything. You know, they can score a lot of points. They're kind of a bid stealer. Uh, wouldn't be in if they hadn't win won their conference tournament, uh, I would think. But you know, twenty two and nine uh, with those those games against, they've definitely been battle tested against strong competition. Uh, and they're not going to lay over just playing Louisville. Uh, and from the Louisville perspective, you know, they're playing outside of the Yum Center in the first round of the NCAA tournament for the first time since twenty fifteen. It's definitely going to put some stress on the thirteen and zero first round record. But um, if anybody can get them ready, uh, I think it's Jeff Walls and Mikasa Robinson, uh, team leader. And um, I think that they're not going to overlook this team. But whether they overlook them or not, if they can be prepared for what Drake is going to throw at them, may be a different question. Um, it's certainly not going to be a walk in the park to, to beat them on the road. Not on the road, but uh, certainly Austin is probably closer to them yeah. than us. Far away. Because you know that the uh, whoever's down there is going to be cheering for Drake. Right. I mean, wise. the Texas fans are going to cheer for, for Drake, 100%. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They I'm be. definitely nervous about this one, y'all. I mean, I definitely believe in the 5-12 um, upset jinx, and I hope it is not us. <laughs> I, I've said it, like, I think a few times this season that the team that Louisville kind of looked like a team that could be taken out early in the tournament. I really don't want it to be us today. Um, so fingers crossed. Um, and, well, and if well, let's it, take it, a look at it, Daryl. I mean, the other five twelves here, Iowa State, Toledo. Hey, that, I think that's a good potential right there, Paul. Yeah. I had that one. Because yeah, I, I didn't want it to be us. <laughs> but wait, as they say, like, there's more. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, well, let's take a look at another five twelve matchup, which uh, could be interesting. Uh, uh, and I'm saying that I don't have my glasses on and I can't read the fine print. Deck, but <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I think uh, you're talking about uh, Oklahoma and yes. Portland. You know, yep, that, yep. Uh, I'd kind of go with the Sooners there, but you never know. As, as you mentioned, yeah, it just could be a Sooner win, but. Not necessarily guaranteed to be so. Of course, us and Drake, we've already talked about that one. Watch, here's the one I guess Washington State playing FGCU. That, yeah. That's my uh, upset pick of the 512s. I mean, Washington State had a great Pac 12 tournament, but they, yeah, I think they're a little bit higher seeded than they deserve. Uh, they've been an up and down team this year, and I think Florida Gulf Coast has just really flown under the radar being. I mean, you couldn't even really call them a mid-major, but they're just a red-hot team, and I think they can do some damage. Yeah, because uh, they actually got in because they won the the Pac-12 tournament, right? Yeah, and I, I think they were probably hovering just over the bubble line. Fence line, they, yeah. I mean, they were, what, 20-10 and 10 going into the Pac-12 tournament, so they were certainly a bubble team, and then they just, you know, a couple things clicked for them, but I think... Florida Gulf Coast would be like, nah, it's our turn. You know, their Florida Gulf Coast losses really are to good teams. They lost to Stanford, who's a, a one seed. They lost to Duke. Duke's another strong team. And then their other loss was a 10-point loss at Liberty. Other than that, I mean, they've been great, you know, beating up teams pretty easily. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be good. They did beat UK this year, so I think they're on Louisville's good side right now. A lot oh, of people absolutely. beat UK this year. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't, wasn't exactly a stellar year for the <laughs> for sure. But they do like to put the ball in the basket, Drake does. They had only three games where they scored fewer than 63 points. Okay, just put in his article. And, uh, that was, a, as he mentioned, in a two-week span in the middle of conference play, and they, they were all road losses. Okay, I understand that. That can happen sometimes. Look at what we did then. We were on our vacation uh, earlier in the season and went down there and lost two out of three. Uh, 
And I, are all three of those teams in the tournament we played down there early in the season? I know San Diego State is, right? Uh, yeah, Texas is the Texas four seed, is the, right. and then Gonzaga lost to Ole Miss yesterday. Yeah, Gonzaga got knocked out, so yeah. So that was a nice kind of preemptor for us there. But, uh, and then I had one other question. Did we not play Drake when we were members in the Missouri Valley Conference case? Apparently not. I And I didn't go back and look at that, uh, yeah. but the, the UofL article is where I got that they haven't played before. They've got series history of first meeting ever. Huh. Because that was such a weird configuration of schools anyway. You know, you had Bradley, you had us, you had uh, all the way out to New Mexico State. It was a pretty linear conference as far as not centered in one area. I thought Drake was in there, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I have to assume that they're correct because I clicked on uh, history, on the history link. Um for the opponent history between the two, and the website is currently losing its mind trying to load the fact that we've never played. Uh, yep. It's just Go reloading over and over and over, and over again, <laughs> doing nothing. So uh, I don't think we've played them. You gotta <laughs> love the drink. All right. Uh, and then I had somebody else ask me just out of the blue, and I didn't know the answer to this, and I felt kind of embarrassed. So where is Drake? Oh, it's in Des Moines. I said Iowa? It's, uh, it's one of those Midwestern schools that they're, uh, I don't know, what state do you want it to be in? <laughs> oh, you think it's in Nebraska? Yeah, that's where it's at, but it is not. It's actually in Des Moines, Iowa. So, Yeah, those games against Nebraska and Iowa that they played earlier in the season were actually home games for them at the Map Center. What's their mascot? Because if it's not the Dragons, it's a bulldog. The I got a problem. Bulldogs. They're the Bulldogs. Man, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we complain to? I don't know. I mean, I think the I think they got a neat looking mascot. I I put it in one of the I, articles. I, nothing against Bulldogs. I love Bulldogs, but you know, yeah. it's just it's Drake. Come on, it's mascot. <laughs> those are dragons. Uh, I, th- I thought their mascot should have been the rappers. Yeah, they should have a rap singer up there. <laughs> you gotta love Drake. Right? Come on, me. Or the guy from Seinfeld. Yeah, everybody loves the Drake, right? Come on, put that guy in there. I'm sure you get a lot of women attention. Well, Drake is a, a small school. They've got below uh, 5,000 students enrollment. That's looking at undergrad and uh, kind of the postgraduates in there. Uh, Fairly decent sized campus for what they are, 105 acres, blue and white. We talked about their the Bulldogs. Their mascots are Spike and Griff 2. Uh, so I don't mm. know what happened to Griff 1, but they've I mean, got two different I mascots. I think you can guess what happened to Griff 1. <laughs> it's, an old, it's a, it's a re- relatively old school. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah a, a private school. Uh, looks like a lot of focus in law business situation. up there. Some other interesting facts about them. They've played in the tournament... Uh, where did it go? I just saw it. 14 times. Um, been to an Elite Eight, two Sweet Sixteens. Uh, they beat Syracuse in the first round in 2002. Um, and in addition to Drake history, and the first time that Louisville will ever play Drake, it is the first time that Louisville will ever play a current inhabitant of the Missouri Valley Conference in the NCAA tournament. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that one. With all those, I mean, I between never did Belmont, something. Missouri State have always uh, seemed to yeah. dominate the women's basketball realm for them. Anyway, that one taking place at seven thirty tonight. And did we get the major ESPN feed on that? ESPN two two. We're on the deuce. Okay, well, that's almost as good. I mean, most regular cable systems have you get both when you have the package, and I'm sure it'll be on if you care to choose to go to a local establishment and watch it with a, a cold frosty or some wings or whatever I would imagine it would be on there unless it's a UK bar and your chances are probably not good at catching it but uh, which all leads it to the thing that has had me up late at nights and has me cross that our bracket pick em updates as if you hadn't heard it earlier Daryl is leading the pack. That's right. Our own Daryl Faust 
The kid from nowhere, tears in her eyes, stepped up on the 15th hole and said, I'm going green. With a 14-2 and two record, Daryl, leading a very, very strong bunch of contenders right below her, but she did the right thing. She made the right picks. Just give us some insight how you grabbed this early lead, Daryl. Man, NC State is really uh, missing Kunane, aren't they? I, uh, I can't believe that worked out that way. I mean, they still have shooters. They still have great players, and they just totally fizzled out this season. I, I'm just shocked that they uh, – I think I had them in the third round at least, so that's a bummer for me. I think Diamond uh, Johnson being at two has really hurt them. Yeah, that would. Um, see, those are the kinds of things you – You'd like to have a pool of that info all in one spot. So shout out Jared for uh, doing all that. Cause I did use Jared's, um, his breakdown earlier this week. So, and I recommended to uh, other people that filled out brackets for us too. So. But Jared lies a lot. So you have to. <laughs> hey, it's have the editor go behind him. How reliable is this narrator? He's also in the competition. That, that's right. <laughs> he's throwing you all off. And he's all you do. I was just kidding when I wrote that. You all believe that? Nah. Hey, I did leave a disclosure in there that don't relax your bracket on what I suggested there. <laughs> Called the back door out. All right. But yeah, in our contest here, we believe it or not, have all five of the people on the air with you today that are in this contest. Daryl, of course, leading the way out, nipping at her heels, so to speak. At 13 and 3. I'm looking down here and I see Jared with six other contestants trying to get to her. Uh, Jeff's mom has shown Jeff with a 13 and 3 record. Obviously, she that's listened typical. to Jared's picks. As, that's as pretty Jared. typical. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> Daryl obviously shared a lot of things with her, her boyfriend because he's at 13 and 3. Karen J, who won the ACC tournament. 13 and 3. Uh, Dave Watson. 13 and 3 as well. Dave O. And Mike D and Curtis. Curtis Franklin in there as well. So, uh, and then after that, 12 and 4. That's where things kind of fall in. You'll find uh, me in there. uh, Katie's in there. Mm -hmm. Good company there. Jeff in there with me at 12 and 4. Case at 12 and 4. And then, uh, Sony is a 12 and 4 as well. I got a lot of losses coming up tomorrow and Monday, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> I've got quite a few teams already out. We're going to have to be checking things real, real carefully from here on out. And when we get into second round action and stuff to make sure we get accurate counts on that. But uh, even the Cardinal couple chimps went 10 and 6, and that was a coin flip, yo. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, That's not bad. No, it isn't. So I'm if you're losing to at... a coin flip, you're in trouble. <laughs> I did the coin flip. Yeah, if you're tied with the coin flip, and we have two people at 10 and 6, uh, the, the chimps and then uh, somebody else. Uh, I won't embarrass anybody by saying who's that, you know, but. Uh, I'm looking did, at today's I, games, guys, and I'm nervous about that uh, Seattle-Virginia uh, Tech region. Yeah, you take a look at some of this matchup here, and and some of what's going on today, uh, obviously, you know, a, a game right off the bat that's kind of got me thinking to myself, this should be an easy win for them, but it's North Carolina mm-hmm. coming in. They're going to be taking on, was it St. John? Did the Johnnies oh. win that, or is it Purdue? I can't remember who won that playing game. Uh, oh, it is St. John's, yeah. St. John's yeah I thought it was the Johnnies. I thought I remembered that. It won't looks be. like North Carolina should advance here, but okay. And I'm thinking that bottom bracket with Baylor, Alabama, UConn, and Vermont. Like, is this the year UConn's out in the first round? <laughs> Actually, I you wanted to put it. Baylor really and UConn did. look like they could be pretty strong here, but and then possibly meet, you know, in, in the, the next round. But SE schools have been playing really good, and Baylor's got Alabama lined up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You got to get some SEC schools to advance. So I had the Mississippi State and the Ole Miss, and now I'm thinking Alabama might be a stretch. And, and of course, oh, and Georgia, and Georgia advanced. Yeah. Well, you probably had South Carolina advancing. Oh my gosh! 
Yeah, yeah, Dillard probably. And LSU, if you didn't mention LSU. Oh my gosh, the Mulkies. LSU is undefeated, or uh, the SEC is undefeated in the tournament. Yeah, right? they are. Yeah, they wow. have not. They have not fallen yet. Is this game. the first Man. time ever that a conference will go undefeated in the entire tournament? <laughs> wow, that's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke because it's impossible. It's not possible. Well, it's they impossible. Play, yeah. They'll eventually play each other. <laughs> that's impossible. That should be a headline for Don't a, a, a gag article, though. That'll get some views. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't forget Baylor here, Kim Mulkey's old team. She pulled up, left, went to Bayou Bengal Country, and uh, Nikki Collin came in and took over the program. We remember Nikki from her time here, being an assistant coach, uh, radio personality, and uh, and then bore Tom Collin twins, and they left town. How about that? You know, anyway, Nikki Collin doing a good job with Baylor down there. I did feel a little bit sorry last night, of course, for the, the fine folks at USC because you get one of our old favorites from, from, from years and years, Beth Burns. You know, she, she got the chance to go out there and become an assistant coach, an associate coach, and she's done a really, really good job out there working with her. And, then, of course, Jeff, uh, the head coach out there is one that we used to talk about when she was at California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lindsay uh, Gottlieb. Lindsay Gottlieb, yeah, that's right. Well, you talked about her more than anything, but. Yeah, I used to talk about her a lot. <laughs> anyway, she reminded, she reminded me facially of a girl who had worked at that radio station. But anyway, <laughs> there's enough on that. Uh, so let's take a look at it here, Daryl. You brought up Seattle 3. Just what did you do in this bracket? I think I had Virginia Tech all the way to the championship. Um. So, I'm looking at it now. She's got VT. My upset was the 512 Toledo. Yep. And then I can't remember who I had Virginia Tech over in that region. Uh, was it you going? Did, did I have them going that far? You've got Virginia Tech in your championship against Yeah, you've South got Carolina. them going all the way to the final where they lose to South Carolina. Gotcha. So you've got the... Okay, okay, I'm running out of pretty far away here. A lot of the matchups I picked, like, what I actually, like, want to see. Um, the Seattle, our region, I really want to see a Middle Tennessee-Iowa matchup. So, I think I have that advancing. Like, <laughs> picture that, guys. Like, that's a lot of shooting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Middle Tennessee, yeah, they're going to be firing it every time they get the ball. And Caitlin Clark just... Yeah. Manhandling them. They scored. Did they they broke 100 last night in the first round game, right? Wow. Uh, 95. 95. Darn. 43. <laughs> uh, She's a ball player. I think it was the Utes who hit the triple digits. The first yeah, it was, it was Utah. You're right, Jeff. Is this so, the Utah that um, Josie Williams came from? She was from no, Utah Valley. Utah Valley, oh. okay, because yeah. I was like, no way. I was going <laughs> to Utah State, but yeah. Tournament and she like, you got this Utah, then you got this Valley in Utah. And I think there's a South Utah in this you tournament? You got a Southern like, Utah. Good and Lord. you got Utah State. Yeah. You got all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, Meanwhile, there's a whole BYU. one team from the state of Kentucky. But, hey, it's our team. That's right. Might we're, as well be us. We're still left. We're still rolling and still... Looking good as we get ready to play on to the Drake. Uh, Jared, did you? I know you've got some facts and figures on the brackets and stuff like that. Uh, how did the final count of our 26 participants end up here as far as who they picked to win? Yeah, I actually just pulled that up earlier. Uh, South Carolina was by far the most popular choice. 12 of the 26 brackets had the Gamecocks winning, so just short of half of the brackets. Uh, Louisville, understandably, being next popular with four picks. Indiana, Iowa, UConn, and Virginia Tech. There were uh, two people each for those that picked them to win. And then Maryland and Notre Dame each had someone uh, pick them to win the championship. And now there were some uh, games yesterday that did some heavy, heavy damage across brackets. I was putting some of those figures together just a few minutes ago. Uh, Ole Miss versus Gonzaga. 17 brackets had Gonzaga winning. Uh, so that took out over half of the brackets. NC State versus Princeton, 17 
brackets had NC State winning, so that was another big blow. Uh, Florida State, Georgia, there were 16 brackets there that had Florida State winning. I think having Latson out for the Seminoles was a big killer for them. Creighton versus Mississippi State. Uh, 15 brackets had Creighton moving on. And oh, you have little faith. With the, uh, the, with the fighting for cells is what Jeff called them. The <laughs> yeah. well. that, was, that was hilarious. I'm going to be honest I with you guys. When I, when I picked the bracket, I completely forgot Sam Purcell was at Mississippi State, or I would not have picked Creighton over them. Yeah. Man. And then we got... It also hurts because I picked Creighton over Notre Dame because I hate Notre Dame. So. Yeah. <laughs> and those those eight non-seeds matchups are tough. You had USC they versus South Dakota State. Set 12 people had uh, Beth Burns' crew moving on, and uh, the Jackrabbits pulled that one out of a hat there at the end. Oh, that was a heartbreaker. We have South Florida versus Marquette. Eight brackets had Marquette. Michigan versus UNLV. Eight brackets had UNLV. And the only other one that did noticeable damage, Arizona versus West Virginia, you had uh, six brackets for the Mountaineers. But it seems like most brackets may have lost a second-round team already in there. Maybe a couple second-round teams. We've got a rare, like, Elite Eight and Final Four team missing for some people, but... Most people, their bracket still looks pretty clean moving forward into the second round and beyond. Indiana and Tex- Tennessee Tech is tied at 18 after one quarter, y'all. Uh, mm. Grace, Grace Berger. Grace Berger. Wow. Yeah, not a lot of defense. You gotta give me a hand, Grace. This is why I have Indiana losing to Utah. Wow. <laughs> they, they ain't got it this year. It's not, it's not for them. Uh, that could happen. Uh, all right, this is a question for everybody but Jared, okay? The Cardinal Couple Crew. Who do they have winning the final game? Is it all South Carolina, or is there someone else in that group? I'm, I'm going. I South think we Carolina. all have South Carolina. Well, yeah. see, I, I said last week that I was going South Carolina, and then I promptly changed my mind while I was filling out my bracket. Um, I've got Iowa. Uh-huh. Iowa's going to be South Carolina. Hey. Sure. I mean, I think that's that's a vote for Caitlin Clark beating South exactly. Carolina. I, I, I mean, and I think that's a bold move. Hey, which would be awesome. I see I'm here. Caitlin. I want it to happen. I'd love if my bracket was wrong. <laughs> Case, Caitlin. I get that. Okay. He was <laughs> yeah. thinking along the, the, the rare C-A start to a name. Nobody else that's has right. that. Who else, who else could have that? You know? <laughs> Golly gosh. Can't be hush up. But... <laughs> Anyway, we're going to have some fun with this thing, and, and just think next week when we come on there, how much further we will progress there, and how many gripes we'll have about how the brackets played out. But uh, cheer for Daryl. Let her win this thing. Let Let's go. Let's wish her the best of luck today in what she does, but taking a glance at the old Star Trek Next Generation clock, where I have that tells me what time it is. Captain Picard tells me every hour what time it is. No. Uh, let's get into some final thoughts here as we close out today's show. Uh, I've been doing this in alphabetical order, and I'm going to stay the same way with it. By golly, let's go to Case. What's your final thoughts, pal? Uh, two brief ones. First one, um, it looked absolutely miserable at the Yellow Jacket Invitational yesterday. Um, the picture that they used for... <laughs> the U of L recap is the team sprinting in the rain. Um, no, thank you. I, I will pass on that. Uh, the other one, I finally saw a, pl- a, a replay. I looked one up of the walk-off hit last night um, for U of L softball. Can't believe they didn't score that an error. Uh, it was right at the, s- the shortstop, and it appears that she bobbled the ball and couldn't even get it to second base before throwing it to home. So, uh you know, you'll take it. I mean, the win's a win, but uh, I don't. I, I can't quite grasp uh, some of the scoring choices that that uh, official scorekeepers make sometimes. Yeah, sometimes with conditions, they let that kind of stuff, you know, give the uh, batter the benefit of the doubt. But I did watch it too, and it's kind of like, hmm, base hit, maybe, maybe not. Daryl, what's on your mind? Final thoughts. All I can think about right now is make your free throws. Yeah. Like, if we died the free throw line today, I, I just, I'm throwing my bracket away. Free throws on my apps. 
Oh. <laughs> All oh, year, yeah. man. Little bunnies. And Lulu's outside the door right now. She's she's echoing the same thing. She she's been <laughs> pawing at the door the entire show. Just wants to talk about these free throws and how she's important. She's been they are. showing form, scratching the door in the proper free form shooting style. <laughs> she's excited. It's game day. Just don't throw her through the roof, okay? She says, "Go cards." There you go. Jared, final thoughts? I was looking at the Jeff Wall's coaching tree here in the NCAA tournament. There's a few of them there. You got Sam Purcell, obviously we've talked about some, with a couple wins already leading those Mississippi State Bulldogs on a little, what we could argue is a Cinderella run. Uh, You've got Beth Burns over there at USC as the associate head coach, and they made the NCAA tournament before. I think they ended up falling by one point yesterday, last night. No, five points in overtime. And then you've got Sam Williams, who's an assistant down there at Tennessee, and the Lady Vols will tip off here in an hour. So uh, the Jeff Walls coaching tree is in full force in the NCAA tournament right now. And let's not forget the Baxter. Becky oh, yeah. Burke. Yeah, that's that's a different tournament. But yeah, different she's division. A, I think we love NFT, Becky. We love yes. Becky. Uh, she's at uh, Buffalo. Yeah, and they had a pretty solid year from... Yeah, it was a good year. Uh, I think they bowed out first round of their tournament, if I remember correctly. But it it was a good appearance, and um, she did a lot with that team, a lot more than was expected. She, yeah, had to kind of do a rebuild after Felicia Luggett, Jack Jack Lowe was up there, right? Because she ended up going to Syracuse. That sounds right, yeah. And pulled out of that program and left it pretty barren. Yeah. But the Beck jumped in and said, you know what? I'm going to take this on. I think I can do this. Yep. She did a very good job out there. It is Division Three, so it is a different, you know, level. More power Keep it yep. going, Becky. One day you'll reach that D1. Yeah. Maybe she comes back to Louisville someday. It's a possibility. Sheriff, mm-hmm. what do you got for final thoughts here? Uh, I, I'm really kind of blank. Uh, I don't have a whole lot. Uh, you know, we're getting them back into soccer season for professional soccer, so that'll be fun. That's all I always enjoy that. NWSL with the racing and everything they're doing, uh, preseason games, so that's fun. Um, beyond that, uh, I guess next week, I think, starts uh, volleyball spring play, so that'll get me hyped to start seeing some of that. So, yeah, spring is coming upon us, a lot of things, fun things coming up. I look forward to those warm days out at Almore too, my friend. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as far as for me, a different kind of venue here, I had always thought for for tons of years, many years, that the Cardinal fight song was Fight U of L, song that was written years ago. But somebody recently pointed that to me. Al Greener, our old buddy, wrote a pretty nice fight song as well called All Hail U of L. That's maybe one I'm a little more familiar with as well. Yep. So they, they are both considered our our fight songs. I exactly so, what I was going to bring. It. Yeah. So U of L considers fight U of L as the primary fight song, but All Hills considered a secondary fight song. Uh, but they are both, like you said, considered fight songs for us. Awesome. And so I did not know that prior to doing the research on it. I like it. Uh, I see Al occasionally every once in a while during basketball season. Uh, and he's also, Jared, uh, you all get to see him out at the bats, I know, as he does stuff out there. And uh, He has, despite questionable treatment by the university, been very, very true to the city. Yeah. And he's hung around with some of the programs. So I love still seeing him out there. Yeah, I do too. And it's, uh, Al is always interesting. He's always got something to bring up. And Al can always make you think about something when he brings up one of his points. So, uh and most importantly, he keeps those uh, foul ball lines straight. <laughs> and that's an important thing. I don't care who you are. If you can't do that, then, then you're just out of it. But uh, so good to see him. And always good to see people connected with U of L as well uh, popping up now and then. I was tickled to see uh, Jimmy U on the sidelines just last night. Yeah. Watching the, the, the game that the. I was the USC was was involved in there, or not USC, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mississippi State was involved in, and uh, he looked pretty happy after the end of that one too. And you gotta love him because he's uh, he's been through a lot in his life. So uh, 
it's good to see him with his buddy Sam down there doing some great mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Those two have always gotten along really well. It's been fun to watch. <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you unless you know something I don't here next week for another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast. And we'll just end today's show by saying, go Cards, get a win. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.